All good things must come to an end. The Jets season has come to an end. And so has season five of the Gangs All Here podcast. Well, the Jets season ended on a bright note. The streak is over. They went to Foxborough and beat the Patriots. The first Jets win over the Pats since 2015. The 15-game losing streak is over. It was 13 years since they won in Foxborough. That is over. It was sloppy, but they got the job done 17-3. We'll do a brief recap of the game, but we'll recap this season where the Jets finished 7-10. and Speaking of 10, they'll have the 10th pick in the draft. Nobody got fired, so we'll react to the postseason press conferences to end the season. We'll also look ahead to the offseason. What do the Jets need to do to get this thing right and end the sports-long playoff drought? It's all coming up next on the season finale of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only our gang's all here. We love it. Welcome to the season finale of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here, Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello there. Cause the offseason has arrived. It's uh, no emergency shows. Nobody's fired. Everyone's coming back. No matter how historically bad the offense was, you get a job. You get a job. You get a job. And listen, these are human beings. They have families. You don't ever want people to get fired. And we kind of knew this was happening. We weren't sure about Keith Carter and and Downing, but, you know, they are coming back. And the Jets streak against the Patriots is over. I mean, what what a couple of days here. I was waiting for you to say happy victory Monday in a sarcastic tone as the Jets fall to the 10th pick. You know, I'm fine with it. It's not the end of the world. You might lose out on the two top offensive linemen. The Patriots might get their franchise quarterback. They probably will. But falling down a couple of spots is not that big of a deal. And you saw the jubilation of the players and, uh, you know, getting that win and ending the season strong. Yeah, I mean, I would remind people that the Jets drafted Zach Wilson number two overall in 2021, and they drafted Garrett Wilson number 10 overall in 2022. So, Jack position, I, I understand the odds go up as the you better pick you have, but it doesn't mean everything. So they can still get a good player at 10. It's, a, it's on them to do the evaluation and, and find somebody. So I think, you know, yeah, like you mentioned the players and coaches, Jay. I mean, Robert Sala is hearing his record now, right? That's that's basically his record is going to be in every story that's written about him this offseason leading up to the season, 18 and 33. He didn't want it to be 17 and 34. And then that might seem trivial to you guys and say, oh, like, oh, it doesn't matter in the long run. But to him, it matters. And, you know, and to the players, it matters winning games. Uh, they were excited. I, I mean, I was surprised at how much talking to them after the game it meant to send Belichick out with a loss. Like, if this it was his last game as a Patriot, like, I wasn't sure how into that storyline players would be, but they were, they, they were very, they were very excited that this could be his last game as the Patriots coach. And they sent him out with a loss. And they were definitely tired of hearing about the losing streak, even though most of them were only here for two or four or six games of it. 
every time they play the Patriots, we ask about it. It's a story. So like, you know, Tyler Conklin said his first thought when he came off the field was they won't be able to ask me about that next year when, when we play the Patriots. So I, I think, you know, they were excited about this one. As far as Downing and um, Keith Carter go, it, it seemed unlikely that they would be fired all along because that was really Robert Sala was the driving force behind hiring those two. That was his plan all along last year was to bring them in. Even if LaFleur had stayed, they would have been here. So, you know, if, if the head coach is the guy that wanted to hire you, you're usually pretty safe. Belichick, I'm not convinced he's leaving. He's under contract for another year for $25 million. I know maybe someone else. They, Where'd you get that number from, Jake? Uh, I think we actually know what he makes. I've read places that that is There's the nowhere that. There's nowhere to see what a coach makes. It's not like players. Like we have, we have like the players association. You can get it. You can get their contracts. You can't get coaching contracts. So maybe someone did the reporting. I, I got a feeling it's probably a guess. And, you know, I don't think we really know what he makes. Yes. Yeah, Sportico reported last November that Belichick signed an extension in 2023 worth roughly 25 million a year that runs through 2024. Even if it's not 25, it's a, it's, it's five figures. And he's, you know, he's the highest paid coach in the sport. I'm, I don't know. I think if they end up getting a franchise quarterback and making some moves, I'm not convinced that he's leaving, but we'll see. You know, it's the first day after. He's not going to spill the beans. You know, he, he made a press conference 7.30 a.m. That's a guy who's got a noon flight to Cabo. I mean, it's 7.30 a.m. Nah, that's a guy who wants to – it gives you plausible deniability when it's 7.30. Well, we haven't even talked yet. The game just ended 12 hours ago. We, you know, we, we haven't we haven't met yet. Like, that, that's what you're doing there. But I, I, I don't think it's really Belichick's call. I think it's Kraft. It's what the crafts want. And, you know, from some of the reporters up there that I respect, Tom Curran and some others have basically said they made up their minds months ago, you know, when they were in Germany, that, that they were going to they were gonna move on from Belichick. You know, I it feels like he's he's going to be gone there. Well, we'll see. Yeah, well, his team didn't look like a team that wanted a win for him to close out the season. That was a sloppy game. And Brees Hall, I mean, who is the mathematician on the Jets side? And he's saying a mathematician. Which coach? Couldn't add up the numbers to get him another six yards. Uh, do we know who that is? Do we have any inside no, scoops? I don't know who that was. So. My mom would not be proud as a math teacher herself that they couldn't add it up, that he couldn't get six more. I mean, listen, he. I, I was adding it up in the press box because once he got to like, once it was clear what they were doing, that they were handing him the ball every time, mm-hmm. you know, I started looking up where he was, like career highs, all that stuff. And it was, uh, and then in the second half, I'm like, oh, they're going to try to get into a thousand. You know, and then he broke the 50 yarder, which made him really close. Yeah, they, they couldn't. And then the last play, they handed it off to him instead of taking a knee to try to try to get it. But it, yeah, he, he that's not good math if you're you couldn't do that on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, that should have been done before. The only thing I would say is that if there's a game to not be that mad about the math, it's that one because you couldn't see the yard markers. I mean, you couldn't see where anything was. You had the guy at halftime, uh, the snowblower. Uh, Mike Francesa would be proud, blowing out the uh, snow so you could see them. But then, you know, the snow just kept on coming. Did you end up going home on Sunday or you were stuck there? You did. did. What car did you rent that made it through the storm? I had a Nissan SUV. I forget what kind it was, but a Nissan. Yeah, it actually was. It was really bad. Like Massachusetts, Rhode Island was really bad. Once I got to Connecticut, it was easy. But the uh, the, like Massachusetts, it was just snow on I-95. Like just they hadn't plowed it. It was just straight snow you were driving through. And then Rhode Island was just ice. You know, the temperature drops to like 24 degrees. So everything froze. And I don't know if you've ever driven up there, Jake. You know, Mm -hmm. you've driven up there, Providence, that area? Yep. There's a big turn when you're going south past Providence. A really big turn on I-95. And as I went around that turn, I came around the turn and it was a fire truck blocking the road. Oh. 
Yes. Uh, and so I locked them up and I skidded around a little bit and did a few <laughs> little swirlies around. So I almost, yeah, I was like, this is not good. But yeah. You know, they call that mission impossible. How about that? <laughs> Look at you driving around. The first girl I ever kissed lived in Rhode Island, 18 years old, uh, my first girlfriend for a month. So I did go to Rhode Island to see her. Uh, at her family's house, so n- nothing, nothing wrong with Rhode Island, but nothing uh, spectacular either. The about- game was crazy, though. Like, just you know, the and the players love that too. Like, I was talking to DJ Reed after the game, and he's like, you know, when you play Madden, you switch it to snow. Like, you mm-hmm. can you switch the weather to snow, and you play snow games. Like, there a lot of them were very excited. Many of them have ne- had never played in the snow before, right? Because there's not many snow games when you're in high school and college, because it pretty much ends in November. So they they a lot of them played those the first time, and they were they were pretty. It was funny to see that how excited they were to play in the snow. Yeah, they're having fun, you know, breeze in the end zone, the snow angels, the all the snow celebrations. Sauce Gardner, his teammates, I don't think they all understood. We're trying to do the reenactment of, I don't know if you saw the NYJ Matt video of the uh, with yeah. Key and Peel yeah. where they're shaking hands. That was awesome. Uh, it wasn't very good uh, reenactment by them, but um, <laughs> they were trying that. They, you know, I don't think any of them knew Sauce was trying to shake their hands. They didn't really get it, but it was still funny to see that. So they had some fun out there in the final game of the year. And then, uh, you know, ending a streak, and it's amazing, 13 years in the first win of Foxborough in 2011 during the playoffs, and uh, the seven-year drought, December 27th, 2015. Seven seasons, a little over eight full calendar years since they beat the Pats. So that is over. That storyline is done. And uh, Brees just unbelievable his season. And, you know, I thought it was, you know, his confidence is off the charts. It was cool to see, you know, hear him after the game, cause say, you know, uh, six year, six yards to get to the thousand, not a big deal. I know, and I think everyone knows that I could be the best running back in the league one day. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be excited about Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Obviously, played every game, Brees after torn yeah. ACL. You thought he missed a no. game at some point, right? We talked about too, like, oh, will he be? Well, is does it take two years to come back? Will he not fully be himself? And you saw it in the Buffalo game. He breaks the long run against Buffalo, and you could tell right away he was okay. And then a few weeks later, they started giving him heavier carries, sort of a lull in the middle of the year when the offensive line just wasn't performing. And then he becomes a pass catcher uh, late in the season, and they start throwing him the ball, and he really showed he can do that. And, you know, I, there were some questions when I talked to people earlier in the year about his route running and that, and and he answered them. He, he was great. And so I think the way to end the season like that, you've got to be really excited about the future with, with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson on this offense. They just have to, they got to fix the line, Jake, and get another weapon. And I think this offense can be rolling with Aaron Rodgers in 2024. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Speaking of Garrett Wilson, number five, Garrett Wilson, Ohio yeah. state, Garrett Wilson, and the off season, you know, is in full force cause, cause as Thomas Morstead gives him number five, there's one guy who liked the tweet that uh, people care about more than me or you or anyone else liking the tweet. Devontae Adams. Now you have to imagine the group text has already been going or or Rogers has been texting with Devontae or Garrett's on there too. But Thomas Moore said who needs to be back. I mean, I I don't think you can overlook the season that he had and how good he was for this team. The character he is, the guys love him. Moore said has got to be back. Who cares what number he is? He's a punter who cares. But Garrett's five, Ohio State Garrett. And opens up number 17. So we've already, we're, we're not even 48 hours since the season finale, cause, And that talk is already through the roof. I'm kind of in agreement with you. I wouldn't trade it first, but I think, man, if the Raider, Raiders could budge and you could turn it into a third this year and a second next year, and maybe 
you give them a player, I don't know who, I think then it's a no-brainer. If you can avoid trading your first-round pick this year, you make the move for Devontae Adams. Yeah, I would agree with that, Jake. I think you also need to see what the free agent market looks like. Is Higgins going to make it to the market? Is Cincinnati going to sign him or tag him? Uh, Mike Evans, is he available? I think you need to weigh all of that. And then we don't know who the Raiders GM and head coach are going to be, right? So that we kind of got to get – that's going to be a big domino that falls here in the next few weeks and to hear what their plan is. Uh, you know, they might come in and say, this is a complete rebuild. And, you know, we if they're doing that, Devontae is going to be on the block. They might come in and say, we really like what we saw from this team. We think we're close. You know, they would they finish? They finish 7-10? and 10, like just like uh, the- Eight wins, I believe. Eight wins, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, they might come in and look at it and go, we're close. You know, we were a couple wins away from the playoffs. Let's, let's, we think we just need to add a few pieces. Then Devo- they're not going to trade Devontae if they feel like that. So, I think that's the key. That's the key first marker here is to see who the, who the GM and head coach are. You know, if they stick with Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce, you would think they're not going to make major changes there next year. Like, you know, they're not going to just tear it down. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what, what, when that comes plenty of, we'll have plenty of time to, to discuss Devonte Adams. Yeah. And that'll, you know, free agency time will probably be our next show barring any major news before that. I doubt we'll do one with, uh, Zach Wilson, who, I mean, we already knew it was over, but Aaron saying, Hey, you know, change of scenery might be good for him. So I, I think that was even more of the, the, the cherry on the top of the icing when, uh, when Aaron said that, but that's going to be the talk. And it's interesting because the Raiders have Jacoby Myers. They have Michael Mayer, good tight end. They have Trey Tuck. They they have some talent there in offense. You, you know, you got Zamir White. I mean, showed he could be a really good running back in this league. Max Crosby might be the defense, you know, one of the, he's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. He's awesome. Yeah. So it's tough to say whether they'll want to trade him or not. If they could get a, a lot for him and then go on their own and sign a free agent receiver, that would be interesting, but we say, you know, the same names over Devonte Evans Higgins because it is a big drop off after that cause in free agency. It's Marquise Brown. Listen, Calvin Ridley, I would not mind either. I, he's not in the cl- class of Devonte, but he he's close. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, he's had issues, Jake, even beyond the gambling thing. Like he has some issues in Atlanta, if you remember, right? He sat out for a while. And I poked around on Ridley, was it two years ago, maybe? I can't remember when when it was clear he was going to become available from Atlanta before he was suspended. And the vibe I got from the Jets was they didn't think he would do well here. Mm. That, you know, he he's had he had some issues and New York probably wasn't the place to bring him. So I don't know if things have changed since then, but uh that that was I know I I poked around on Ridley a couple years ago. Well, if the gambling thing you're talking about New York, really it's New Jersey. They find him in Atlantic City on after it the wasn't game. The, this was pre-gambling. Remember, okay. he he left the team. He left Atlanta. Like he left the team. He had like emotional issues and stuff, and like he had some issues before this is long before the gambling thing. Okay. And that's why Atlanta was going to trade him. And then uh, you know, so it was it wasn't gambling. Uh, obviously, that that can be anywhere. It was more they they felt uh, just kind of the pressure of New York wouldn't be great for him. And after him, I mean, Marquise Brown's not bad, but he he's not Devontae Evans or Higgins, Curtis Samuel, Tyler Boyd, OBJ, Josh Reynolds. After that, it's a big drop-off. So that that's the second class. So I think you have to end up with Higgins, Evans, or Devontae, and then you maybe draft a receiver at some point on day two. Yeah, if you don't end up with one of those, you better, you better end up with a really good tackle in free agency and then draft a receiver at mm-hmm. 10. 
You know, I mean, there's some good guys. There's some good receivers in this draft beyond Marvin Harrison. The, you saw, you watched Washington play the last few weeks. He's a very good receiver there. And there's some other ones. The LSU kid is pretty good. They, there's going to be some receivers that go high in this draft. So the Jets could get one there. But you got to, free agency has to either be a really good wide receiver, which I think that's the way they would go, or, or get a tackle. Because I don't think the tackles are going to be quite as strong as the receivers in free agency. Yeah, and listen, they're going to do a lot of restructuring to open up some cap room because they're not, you know, rich this offseason like they have been in the past. Like, they're a little bit strapped if they could, you know, who is their cap cap guru? Is it Hogan? Who is it? Who's David Soshi? David Soshi. Okay. He's their their business contract guy. Cap space can be created, Jake, as we all know. You know, like if you look at the list, uh, our friend Jason from over the cap put out, you know, there's teams that are $40 million over the cap right now. So you can create cap space pretty easily. Now, I know you probably don't use credit cards, Jake. You're fiscally responsible and only spend the cash that's in your pocket. But what happens, what happens when you, you know, for everyone who uses credit cards out there, that's what the cap is like. If you do this restructuring and moving stuff around, basically you're pushing it off into the future and you're going to have to pay at some point. Like you're going to, it's going to count for the cap at some point, I should say. So, you know, like with Carl, Carl Lawson's carrying a pretty big cap figure in 2024. He's not going to be on the team because they restructured him last year. Um, So it's called the credit card in the NFL circles. And, you know, that's what they're going to have to do probably is push some of this off into the future. I need my own personal cap guru in my financial life, to be honest with you. If, if the Jets uh, want to send someone over here, that would be helpful. Um, <laughs> you know, the talk is already in full force about that 10th pick, by the way. Like, Jets, there's some Jets fans and some of Jets' Twitter that say get a quarterback at 10. I think I would not take a quarterback. I think they have too many other needs. you got to go O-line or receiver. Do not draft a quarterback at 10. I think we'll be talking about that next year, Jake. Yeah. I think that next year is the year they need to draft a quarterback. Uh, look, it, it's pretty clear Rodgers is going to play 2024, 2025. Now, look, if, they, if things go crazy this year and they're terrible and go off the rails, everything changes. But if they can play pretty well and make the playoffs in 2024, he's going to be back. I've ever heard people say they think he's going to be back in 2026. So I think the Jets would love it if they could draft a quarterback next year and have him sit behind Aaron for a year or two and learn, you know, the Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, obviously behind Favre, do that. Uh, I think that would be the plan. I don't think they'll do that this year. Could they take a quarterback on day three this year as a developmental guy? 100%. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do that to be a third quarterback, but I can't see, see them using a first round pick on a quarterback right now because they, they, they have big, big holes on offense that they know they have. They got to fill that. And uh, what's the talk about defensive ends, Jake? They, you know, I'm sure defensive linemen at 10 would, would go over no, well. Base, right? no, enough of linemen? that. You got enough of those. You should, it's enough. I mean, you might have one of them, but I joked with somebody from the Jets after the game because someone, someone actually right after the game was like, what, what's, where's our draft edition? So I, I said, oh, you went to 10th. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I see, you know, I said, you're, the bad news is you're probably going to miss out on the tackles. I'm like, but the good news is it'll be a good defensive lineman for you guys to draft at 10. <laughs> don't even, don't even start. Don't even go there with, with a GM who's all about offensive line. You need to get it. And yeah, I hope one of those guys, I mean, listen, there's more than two guys in the draft. There'll be other great offensive linemen, but everyone's talking about Alton. And, and I can't yeah, I don't know if you go back either. to the Becton draft, right? Those four tackles, uh, Worf's. Worfs and Andrew Thomas are the best ones, and Worfs went last. So you never know. Yeah. Imagine if they got Worfs. It would be a lot different situation over Mekhi Becton, whose Jets career is 
you've said it on the show. You think it's over. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Huff's might be over. I'm, I, I honestly see, I maybe see a 2% chance that he's back. He said he's not taking a discount. And how can you blame him? This is going to be his first massive contract in the NFL. Feed your family. And why would he like adore coming back here? I mean, this team hasn't won with him here. Get your check. Cause I don't think the jets are giving him more money than the other 31 teams of the NFL. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think he's gone, Jake. I, I thought they would get him back, but now I talked to him for a while last week. I wrote a column about him, and I kind of asked him, I'm like, hey, I don't want to assume you want to be back here. So, like, do you want to be back here? And he said, I want my bag. <laughs> so, And that, that was for And then he went, like, of course I'd love to stay with the guys and continue to grow, but, like, he, he, I, uh, God bless him. Like uh, that's how I would be if I was a free agent, Jake. I'd be every, get every last penny. You know, these guys, his career will be over by the time he's thirty, probably, and he's gonna live the rest of his life. So get as much freaking money as he can, and he's earned it. He deserves it. He's been a great player, undrafted, awesome story. But yeah, and then Luke, when Joe Douglas was asked uh, yesterday, his answer was pretty lukewarm. You know, like he wasn't, he kind of spun it. Well, he's not the only free agent we want back. And he praised him and stuff. But I think Joe knows this is going to be a really difficult negotiation. Cause I, I also, I, I, we've talked about before, Jake, the value of him. I don't know what you pay him. I don't know. I mean, because like Nick Bosa is $34 million a year, he's not in that category. So is but his price went up with the 10, with the two sacks to get yeah, to 10, yeah, too. Sacks, but is his agent going to say $20 million a year? Uh, you know, do you want to pay him $15 yeah. million a year? Like you can make an argument all over the place because he played 42% of the snaps for the Jets. That's the other part of this, too. I sense frustration from Bryce that he wants to play more. He doesn't like the perception that he's not good against the run. I think he could be going somewhere, too, that tells him, hey, we're, we're going to play you 80% of the snaps, something like that. Yeah, I mean, go to a place where you're going to play all the time. Why stay here with a, with a packed room? It's just not a position of need. For the Jets to spend on, we just talked about the strapped, and yeah, they'll maneuver some things, but they got to get offensive linemen. They got to get one or two receivers. They could probably use a safety or two, although Ashton Davis is looking like he's going to be the starting safety uh, next year. He had a great season, and we'll see about Tony Adams. We'll see about Clark if, if he comes back, but. Uh, they have other needs that they have to address and pay for. So Bryce and, you know, I know CJ Mosley yelling Bryce off stay is not going to help. Sorry, CJ. But and listen, everyone's like hometown discount. The guy is from Alabama. Like he played here, but this isn't a hometown. Like people like Saquon, you know, that's different. I think he loves New York. He's got a lot of people here, but he, the Giants have already kind of screwed him over. So I think he's gone too. No, no NFL player should ever give a discount to their team ever, mm-hmm. unless you're, I saw something like Kirk Cousins might give the Vikings a discount. Kirk Cousins is an older player, right? This is his last contract. He's made a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money uh, already. But, like, you got to understand how short their careers are, number one. And number two, teams will drop you the second you're not producing and that they can. Like, they, there's no there's no discount from the team. Like, they, they oh, we're going to hold on to this guy because we like him because he's a good guy. They'll drop you. So it's a business and they got to get as much money as they possibly can in the finite window. That is their career. No one should blame them for chasing every dollar. Yeah. Sometimes it's just that one life changing contract. And this is going to be it for Bryce off. Like, yeah, he might get another after that, but if this is the one you got to get it right. Yeah. He's you 25 gotta... years old. This is the big one. This yeah. This is, is the one he's got to cash in here. Prime of his career. So go get your back kid. <laughs> go get it. You know, we love to hear, but we're just going to say it here. He's probably got him. He comes back, great. But uh, I think the Jets just have other needs to address. We mentioned Garrett Wilson. That's a need they don't need to address as a, as a number one and as a great guy. I mean, he talked about it 
the worst year of his life. What happened this year can't happen again. This guy wants to win. He gets number five now. Now the Jets, they know the pressure's all on him. Uh, they want to win. I think the losing is just taking a toll on the guy coming from a winning program at Ohio State. The guy's been a winner. He comes here and the team has been a seven and ten win team back to back years. He had expectations of maybe a Super Bowl this year. Uh, you tweeted about he got everyone AirPods on on Friday. You said he gets it. He does get it. And I think it might be the year to put the C on his chest. I think next year, do you make this guy a captain? Yeah, that's up to the players. They elect the captains, but I, I do agree with you. He's got that kind of – he's captain material. It's strange to see that at that position, Jake. Uh, mm-hmm. Like wide receiver, guys are usually selfish. <laughs> Diva, <laughs> ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of them. I love, I love a lot of our guys that Brandon comes on. I love Brandon and other guys, but some of them are tough. Like it's a tough position, and, and Garrett is team guy. Um, he wants to win. Yeah, the AirPod thing was funny. I saw Friday, I just noticed there was AirPods in everyone's locker. And then I saw CJ Mosley come over and hug Garrett and like thank him. And I'm like, that's kind of weird because they got another game. Like, it's not like they're saying goodbye. And so then I was talking to somebody else. I'm like, and someone, one of the players said, yeah, Garrett got us all our AirPods. And I'm like, that's pretty good. He's got a rookie contract. It's not like he's making, you know, $50 million or anything right yet. Like, he's he's a first-round pick, but it's still a rookie contract. And the, guy, the player looked at me and goes, yeah, he knows what's coming next, though, in his contract. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. I, Was it the over the new over-the-ear ones or the or the little ones? I don't know, Jake. Okay. I, I would have to look at that, you know. Um, <laughs> Do some research. I, yeah, I wasn't inspecting them. Uh, I personally prefer wires, Jake. I'm old, but Ugh, I, I just they fought, the AirPods like fought your ears. Like, yeah, I, don't know. I, I like I like the wires. And Aaron Rodgers, remember on Hard Knocks, he had some theories about what the AirPods are doing to your brain and stuff. So, yeah, yeah I'm listening. To, I'm yeah, listening to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but Garrett, like yesterday, I was surprised how somber a tone he struck because there was a lot of optimism. Yesterday for a seven and ten team, like there's a lot of like, oh, we're gonna be really good next year. Cause and I get it with Aaron, but like Garrett was pretty down. And when he said like we have to make better in-game adjustments, the sirens went off, right? Because that's whoa, coaching. that's that's coaching. You're talking about your coaches when you say that. That's not about players. So clearly he wasn't happy with some of the coaching this year. And uh I, I actually asked him, Jake, I said you've lost 20 games in two years. And he kind of looked at me. And then he stepped back, and I think he did the math in his head, and he was like, "You're right." <laughs> and because I asked him for the toll, it's taking a toll. Because can you imagine how many years of his career has probably been like twenty losses? You'd have to add up. Like he didn't lose many much at Ohio State. I'm sure he didn't lose much in high school. Him and Brett Beatty down there in, in Texas. So I've seen this before with young players. The losing takes a huge toll on them here, and you just got to hope that the Jets don't lose Garrett somewhere along the line because of it. So, uh, you know, they, they got to turn this around because he he definitely was down yesterday. Yeah, they got to turn this around because he needs to be a Jet for life. I mean, he is going to set records when he has quarterback play. And, you know, we'll talk about Rodgers here because, you know, people who listen to this, as this drops, might have just heard him on McAfee, whatever he said. We don't know. Yeah, we don't maybe, know yet. Maybe he apologized. Kim will ask him to apologize on his, his rant. I don't know if you saw that Monday night. I did. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think that's going to convince him to apologize personally. I think it might even get – I think he might get worse. He might have said, I would have apologized. Then I saw that. He's just going to say, screw you. Um, so you might have just saw that. But, you know, he talked and he said, we're all going to be in the hot seat next year. I'd, like you said, i like this to be more than one year. This sometimes change the senior breath, fresh air. The quote that got out there that – I mean, if you didn't chuckle when you, when you heard him say, we need to get the bull-ish out of the building, uh, some would say, look in the mirror – 
from some of the the McAfee stuff, the the stuff that's happened off the field. What did you think of his? Did you chuckle a little bit when you were in the room here? It didn't hit me right away. It was the last thing he said. Right? It was the last question, so it didn't hit me immediately. I kind of went back to my cubicle to write, and someone texted me, and I'm like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> I was like, that, "That's pretty ironic that this guy is the one saying that because he's talking about everything we do has to be about winning." What is you know what is creating a headline on Pat McAfee every every week do for winning like he's he didn't play all year and yet he was in the news the entire season so. and we talked about when they got him like he's going to be in the news he's going to be great for you guys and it was on the side of hey he's going to play great football win them games when it's just news and no football the microscope is even closer where everything he's done is being examined even more yeah yeah I mean there, there's always like a balance Jake with players who are who have baggage. And Aaron has a different type of baggage than some guys. Like Aaron, just Aaron just seems to create news. He reminds me of the other A Rod in some ways. Uh, that you know, when I, I in another life, I covered that A Rod with the Yankees, and you would go to the ballpark. Joel Sherman always used to joke, like he would go to the ballpark and you'd, you'd say, "I'm not writing Alex today. I'm not writing Alex today." And then something would happen, and you'd have to write Alex. And this A Rod is is similar in that regard. So the balance is always like, hey, if you're a really, really, really great player the tolerance is very high for other stuff, whatever that may be. I also covered Barry Bonds for a long time. The tolerance was very high when Barry was producing and chasing records. Barry gets that record, the Giants cut him loose, and he never plays baseball again. Barry Bonds could have played two or three more years, Jake, after that, but no one wanted to tolerate what came with Barry Bonds there. So, again, it's different. Aaron's different. I'm not I'm not saying he and Barry Bonds are the same types of player because because he's much friendlier and much much – different than, than Barry Bonds, but Aaron brings a certain amount of stuff with, and you know, he does, he does not keep his mouth shut. He likes to speak out. He likes to speak about things that are not football related that generate headlines. And so, yeah, it's, it's tough when you're not getting the touchdowns on top of what he brings. Uh, So, you know, the Jets have to hope 2024 is going to have a lot more football than than this other stuff. Yeah, and he, you know, he's talked about the guilt he felt and not being there this year, and because they built the team around him, the coaching staff, the team, the backups, Randall Cobb. Like the guilt is going to be even more next year. Like he knows how much he needs to go out there, one, stay healthy, not have a freak injury. You know, maybe that changes how he plays. Hopefully, he comes back. He's a hundred percent. Who knows at the age of forty if he'll be the same player. Not like you've mentioned, like age that does at that age, it does catch up with you at some point, even though you're a quarterback, he's got to win next year. And, he, and he's got to take the Jets to the playoffs. Yeah. And I'll say this to Jake. I was surprised at the reaction to him winning the inspirational player award, how negative that was. This guy cares deeply about his teammates and the team. Like the, he, he doesn't have anything else, Jake. He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have kids. Right. He, he is fully focused on football. Like, the, the Jets are his family now. That's his team. And I've watched it. He sits in the locker room and guys like gather around him and like they talk and joke and stuff. I covered Favre for a little bit here. I wasn't the beat writer, but I took over halfway through the year for the beat writer because because he was he, he couldn't cover the team for the last half of the season. So I took over. Favre was never in the locker. Never. He had a he had a, like this. He used I, I don't want to call it an office. But there was a room off of the equipment where the equipment managers are, where he would sit in that room and he would never come in the locker room. He would never talk to his teammates. He was just he was like a hired gun. Aaron is not like that at all. And so like and, and Aaron could have easily said, I'm staying in Malibu, guys. 
but he didn't have to be here. Guys on IR don't have to be with the team. Most of them aren't. Most of them, you don't see them until the end of the season when they come back. So he, you know, he deserves some credit for being here, uh, for trying to practice. And he, he's, you know, everyone, every, every account of these practices is he's been carving up the Jets defense uh, in these practices. So I was kind of surprised that people went crazy about the inspirational thing. Uh, you know, I, I get it. I, I think I think his teammates admire the way he tried to come back from that injury. Yeah, and I think on the outside, it looks ridiculous because of things he says and the news and all that stuff. But the inside, you're right. To everyone in that locker room, he's essentially an Oscar winner. He's like Ben Affleck. He's like hanging out with this celebrity because he's also got stories, his dating life, you know, everything that comes with him. They look up to him like, damn, this guy's an A-list celebrity and we're just lucky to be around him. So with all the ridiculous things that come with him, he's a superstar. He's a Hollywood star in the greatest city in the world. And, you know, the guys look up to him. They they love to be around him. I'm sure he tells them all the stories in the world and, and they love it. And once they play football with him and for more than four snaps, I think the morale in this room will go up and, you know, everything will be a lot brighter than it was this year. One win off of your prediction with Rodgers. I mean, who would have thought your eight let, and nine prediction? Let me say this, too, because I, I took some heat. At, oh, with Rodgers. I was projecting problems for the Jets when I picked eight and nine. It doesn't ever go smoothly for the Jets, okay? So I didn't think, of course, I didn't think he was going to be lost four snaps into the season. But I did think a 39 going on 40-year-old quarterback, there was going to be a point in the season where he wasn't going to be playing. I thought there would be some sort of injury with him. I did you didn't not. think it'd be set 16 games in three and three quarters. So <laughs> that was baked into the eight and nine. Cause I see, I, you know, somebody sent me, Oh, you, you, you thought they were going to eight and nine with Rogers. I'm like, no, I thought he, I thought there'd probably be some issues at some point, including maybe losing him for a few games. Well, if gangs all here is back next season, I hope your projection is 10 wins, maybe even 11. If you're feeling really generous, but so, knowing you, I think it'll be nine and eight. I feel like I, that's my, that's my, <laughs> Off-season look-ahead is your prediction will be 9-8 and eight next year. I, my biggest factors with predictions, Jake, are quarterback and coaches. Quarterback, I, I, like, there's still a lot of questions about these coaches to me. Yep. So, and the quarterback, is, he's going to be 40 years old coming off of surgery. Uh, I don't think you can just pencil him in that he's going to be 2020 Aaron Rodgers. I, it could be. Uh, from talking to players about practice, he's looked incredible in practice the last few weeks. So it could be, but you just don't know for sure. Rodgers got to be like a coach. I mean, he's got to overcome the bad coaching this year because he's, you know, we always talk about he calls his own plays. He calls his own shots. That's going to be a big factor next year on this offense because Nathaniel Hackett showed nothing to have any confidence. Keith Carter showed nothing, and you give Keith Carter a little slack because there was injuries across the board, but the offensive line didn't get better. Joe Tipman was a positive. I, I got a little mad that they kept it. I know Brees, they're going for the record, everyone in, in that that the snow game, that guys would get hurt. You tear an ACL, you miss all of next year. Luckily, Tipman doesn't uh, look too serious. It looks like he'll be fine, but I was just scared that uh, somebody would have a serious injury. But, you know, the coaching staff sucked this year and guys are coming back because of Rodgers, like we continue to say, and they got to get better this offseason. They got to do a little self-evaluation themselves and and they got to get better. And so does Joe Douglas. Now, Joe Douglas said absolutely nothing of note, I feel like, on Monday. What was your reaction? He said, you know, it's on me. The offense got to get better. That's on, on me, blah, blah, blah. It was a lot of GM talk, nothing too groundbreaking from the GM. Uh, yeah, I thought he did a good job just saying it's on me, Jake. I think that counts for something, taking accountability, I thought was good. Now, if you pay really close attention, every individual move we asked about was fine, right? Dalvin Cook was hindsight. That was insurance policy. 
you know, Alan Lazard's going to be better next year. I, I, I asked about taking Will McDonald instead of taking a position of need, and he said he understood the question, but, you know, Will McDonald's going to be a superstar, blah, blah, blah. So he, while he did say it's on me, he also really didn't point out anything that he screwed up because <laughs> he also defended Zach as the backup. So, yeah, which is probably the way to go if you're doing a press conference because you get credit for saying – I, I take the blame, but Woody Johnson can't look at it and go, you screw this up, you screw this up, you screw this up if you are if you have a justification for everything you did. Yeah, I mean, you're blaming yourself and then you're not, but like, yeah, you're not going to call guys out, especially heading into the offseason. A big one for Joe Douglas. You can argue, Kaz, this is the most critical offseason in the history of the franchise. Now, this is I feel like we've said this every year, Jim. But this every, year with Rod no, no, and every the year. Like, Every year, let's go. Let's let's just go the last few years. All right, 2021. It was they were hiring a new coach, and they had to make the Sam decision versus drafting a new quarterback. And we, oh, this is the most critical decision in the history of the organization. 2022, they had the number four pick, the number ten pick, and money to spend. This is the most critical offseason in franchise history. But you have a whole thing quarterback year, now. I think that year, overseas. Then. Last year they had to get a quarterback, right? This is the most critical. We always say this. So, no, this is not the most critical offseason in Jets history. It's not. It's not. It's not. Like, I actually think they're closer this year than any year I can remember since 2016-ish. And you know, I know that didn't work out, but we thought in the offseason they were good. They've got a quarterback. They got they you know they know who the coach is going to be. They need to they need like three players on offense. If they can nail that, it's a good offseason. Well, that's why I'm saying it's critical because you're right there. It's you're always critical. Head. It's always critical. But you now that you don't want to pick bad players, Jake, it's like going to be a critical offseason for the freaking Ravens because you got to <laughs> add good players. Like it's always critical. But now the Super Bowl is in sight of Aaron's healthy. Oh, you you just have to get it right. Can they get to the freaking playoffs before we talk about the Super Bowl? Get to the freaking playoffs. Uh, I know. Right? That's it. That's the goal. Get to the freaking playoffs. I know. I just – I want to make the playoff, but, like, I don't want to first round it. I want to go all the way. Uh, I just just uh, make the playoffs, of uh, course. You haven't seen a playoff game since 2011. I I want to see four. I want to see four. Maybe three if you have a little bye. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, I mean, he's got to get it right. You can call obviously it it's critical. critical. Obviously, this is this is do or die for solid votes, right? It's mm-hmm. it is. It's they. There's no more mulligans. They got to get to the playoffs in 2024. I think they know that. Everybody knows that. It's really not as far away as it looks right now, and I think we are in position to succeed moving forward. And it's going to take reflection, and it's going to take um, obviously not repeating mistakes um to to reach our goals but they are they are within reach all right let's close out here the 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 needs we talked about receiver we won't go over that again offense you got lakin you're probably keeping a maybe restructure his contract joe tipman probably your starting center unless you move him yeah unless you move him to a different position but you probably keep him there he's a starting center i think and then avt you got to decide is he going to be your right guard is he going to be right tackle so you what do you you need two starting offensive line and then some depth two starting offensive linemen and i i'm not 100 percent sure lakin is back i don't know what they do there i think for me jake it's you got titman and avt you add two starters and then the fifth spot can be like a competition between some of the guys who are on the roster right now if they need to do that like you can live with one starter who isn't awesome 
Like that, you're not gonna have five. Like you can have one guy who's a, a professional. Uh, so whether that's Carter Warren, if they kick him into guard, or like, uh, or if it's Xavier Newman, or like some of the guys who played this year who got some experience, you can live with one of those guys. The problem for the Jets the last few years is they've had like three or four on the offensive line that are that tier. So uh, yeah, I'm curious what they do with Lakin and AVT is interesting. You know, they, they want to lock him into one position. They don't want to move him around anymore. They feel like that's contributed to the injuries. I would probably put him at right tackle. Uh, I think that's probably, I think that's his best position and where you get the most value out of him. Um, but we'll see what they do there. And you got to get depth. You really need two. like we always know his arc. They, this is not a Noah's arc off season, but you could use two of every position offensive line because with the injury they dealt with, with that MetLife turf, which everyone gets hurt on. No one has something. No one has like they, well, I'm saying line, the veteran swing guys you sign, not, not sign a pro line the line that you like, can plug in place. You look around the offense, you look around the league. No one, like there's very few teams that are, have, have depth on the offensive line. It's a very tough position. It's hard to find five guys, never mind 10. So I thought, you know, Douglas kind of tipped his hand yesterday that they're going to keep an extra lineman next year. He 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 said he regrets. I think they regret – they released Tristan Colon at the end of the training camp. I think they would have kept him. But, you know, uh, it's it's once you get injuries at that position, Jake, it's hard, especially if it's just across the board. Like the people have cite the Browns all the time with the Jets. The Browns lost their tackles. Like they've got two really good guards in Batonio and Wyatt Teller. They, so they, they, they've been okay in the middle. They've lost tackles. It's hard when you lose it all over the line uh, or one side of the line, that kind of thing. So the depth thing, Jake, is I don't think is going to be possible to solve uh, really at offensive line. I think they really just have to concentrate. If they get better at starter, the depth gets better. You know what I mean? Because then guys get pushed down the depth chart. Because that that's the issue I have with the Jets on the offensive line when they say, oh, well, you know, the injuries. Well, in August, I was screaming about the offensive line, and I'm not alone. Other people were screaming about the offensive line. It wasn't good. The starting group that they went into the year with was not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so then when you do that, then the second group is worse, right? Like if you have a really good starting offensive line, chances are you could have a, a better second group. So they have to concentrate on really getting a, a strong, strong starting group. And then, you know, by theory, the backups will be better under them. Yeah, and free agency, there's guys available are like a Jonah Williams, Zeitler, Con- Connor Williams. So it's not a, it's not the greatest list of uh, never, offensive I mean, line free agents. Good offense, good offensive linemen do not become free agents. They don't. That's not a position. You know, it's very rare where you have like a Trent Williams situation where I think he ended up being traded right to the 49ers, but that was like a weird situation where he and Washington just had a falling out over medical and other stuff. So it's very hard to get good offensive lineman and free agency, but you can, sometimes it happens. I mean, look, if you want to go back in Jets history, they did it with Damian Woody and Alan Fanica when they added them, but it's, it's rare. We're looking at left tackle, right guard, most likely. And to use the 10th pick, if there's a good offensive lineman there to use it, their tight end, Tyler Conklin, shout out to him. Friend of the program, winning winning the media good guy award. I, he gets a plaque. What what does the plaque say? Does does he get like a gift card? Do you guys give him like an Outback Steakhouse gift card? Does he get any prize with that? No, he doesn't get any prize, Jake. He gets the plaque hangs in the media room. It has everyone's name on. We just actually had to get a new plaque because we ran out of spaces on the old plaque. So the new plaque now has space till two thousand sixty two. Uh, so Samini is going to be quite old presenting that in two thousand sixty two. But, you know, we'll roll them out for it. It's, you know, it's 
Tyler appreciates it. Tyler was funny because last year Sheldon Rankins won it last year, and Tyler was like, "How come I didn't win it?" Like he he actually like gave a crap. But what I'll say about Conklin this year, where he went above and beyond, was when the Jets' offense was terrible, terrible, terrible in the middle of the year. He talked to us after every game. He didn't have any answers. He basically was standing up and saying, I don't have any answers, but that's all we needed. And it's hard to do that after games, Jake, when you're not scoring touchdowns. And I always – I there was one game at home. I can't remember which game where they, they were terrible on offense. And I asked him, like, do you see any signs? Like, was there any positives to take away from today? And he looks at me and goes, is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> So he's just a really good guy. He's always available in the locker room. So we appreciate his professionalism and everything he did. And I appreciate him introducing me to Laverdon, which I want to argue my favorite restaurant now in the city. Uh, the owner, Mike, is my guy, big Jets fan. A lot of Jets players went there this year. A lot of Brees was there a few weeks ago. Uh, I was uh, McGovern was there when I was there. So uh, it's a it's a hot spot. So thanks to Tyler for introducing me to that. I, the first time I had escargot in like a dozen years. It was delicious. So, um, you ate escargot, really? Yeah, very good. I can't yeah, picture you, that. You never had escargot? I don't think I ever have, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you don't strike me as an escargot type of guy, Jake. I don't know why. I just because I love chicken parm doesn't mean it tastes yeah, you're like more chicken, of a meat and potatoes type of guy than escargot. I, I've been adjusting. I might be doing Hello Fresh soon, trying to eat healthier this year. Hello Fresh, it's you get, it adds up quick. It's is good it good because it's a little expensive, right? The food is very good. Yeah, it, it gets expensive, though. the food is very good. Right. And for yeah, a family they, of four, it's, you know, sometimes it's not quite enough, but you'll be good for yourself. Well, that's funny. The the serving option only lists two. I'm like, man, forever alone. Because I'm like, I only need it for one. Is there an individual option? Basically, I, I eat two servings in one, so maybe it, it'll work for me. Yeah. But, yeah, they reel you in with the opening deal where they're like half off. And then after that, it's like $10 a meal. And I'm like, oh, is it? But I at the time to cook and food shop, it's almost worth it to just get the meals and, and have them ready. So, all right, this just became a HelloFresh commercial too Dude, quickly. Can we get here. a sponsorship here or what? <laughs> hey, I can use it because it's going to be pricey on these meals. Uh, HelloFresh, hook it up. Um, so that's the offense receiver we talked about. You need one or you, you need a free agent. You need a number two. And then you could arguably get a slot guy to join Xavier Gibson. You get one more cause probably a free agency do, do you maybe draft one on day two at some point maybe yeah i don't know where they really are on xavier gibson obviously they were high on him during the season to, to, so you try to roll with him you know i'm i'm not sure they can fix everything right with all with all so you might have to just r- try to roll with gibson at, at slot and or bring somebody in to compete with him but probably on the cheaper side of there in the backfield, you got Breeze. I wish we saw a little bit more Izzy these past few weeks. We saw a little bit of uh, sprinkles here, but you're probably going to have to sign or probably not draft a running back, but sign a veteran running back to to back him up. Like you can't just roll with those two guys. You could always use. Yeah, you probably need somebody else. But I, I, you know, I think Izzy showed promise. Izzy needs to just kind of learn a little bit more pass blocking that kind of stuff. So they trust him. They just didn't really trust him this year, but he can do that before next year. All right, defense, uh, special teams we don't need to address because they have their kicker, they have their punter, Morsek. Unless they leave free agency. No, you got to pay him. You got to bring him back. He's he's a glue guy. I do two of them because Erlein's a free agent too. Oh, that's right, yeah. You got to pay them both. Sorry, that needs to be addressed. I don't want another show where we're talking about Vedvik kicking for the Jets or or one, even Mason Crosby wouldn't be. He, he was bad for the Giants. I don't want any of these free agent kickers. Bring back your two guys. Defense. You got your punt returner, Xavier Gibson. Defense now. 
you're probably good at pass rusher, right? Like even if Bryce Huff goes, but maybe you can use an interior defensive lineman. They could they could probably use one that's good would, against the run. I'd bring Quentin Jefferson back. I thought he played really well for them this year. I would re-sign him. Yeah, you and then you probably you probably need to add somebody else. Like I think I'd let Al Woods go, but you need another run stuffer in there. And then I think edge rusher is a question of if Bryce leaves, do they do they want to add another one? They they love their rotation there, Jake, as you know. So personally, I, I wouldn't invest in that position anymore. Uh, you you've used two first round picks the last two years. I think JFM will probably have to take a pay cut to come back. His his money's high, but you know I, I think that will probably happen. Yeah, so maybe add somebody there, but I wouldn't spend a lot of money. If it's I a, think you need one more linebacker. I, I know they like yeah. Sherwood. You, Quincy was great. Mosley, I think, Mosley I think that's a position you can skimp on, Jake. Right, personally, because I think you got you've got two good ones in Mosley and Quincy. You roll them out. Maybe draft one on day two. Maybe, but you're. I mean, not day two, day three. Like I, I think you're you're set there. Like Sherwood is fine as the third linebacker. They barely, you barely, they barely use a third linebacker. They're almost always in nickel. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw a lot of money at that position. I think you already have with with Mosley and Quincy. So I, I should say any more money at that position. Yeah, cornerback, you maybe just a depth piece. You got your top three, Sauce Reed and and uh Michael Carter. Safety. Safety is the intriguing one that you mentioned. Yeah. What would what would you do? Because Ashton Davis might have cemented himself a starter. Tony Adams, TBD. But I would doubt they're going to re-sign Jordan Whitehead despite him, you know, tweeting out his stats and how good he was in the box scores. You're probably going to need to get a safety. Uh, I don't know. I Again, like you, you can't spend money all over the place, right? Like you're going to have to pick some positions where you're going to go on the cheaper side. So I'd see what Whitehead's price is to come back. I, I thought he was I thought he was okay. I don't think I don't think he's tremendous, but I don't think he's as bad as some people think on Twitter either. Like I thought he played pretty well. There was some tackling issues there, but overall I thought he was okay. Tony Adams was up and down. Obviously though, he's a second year player undrafted. So he's going to grow. And yeah, Ashton showed some promise. Uh, You know, the the question with Ashton Davis is, do you remember, you remember Eric Smith back in the day, Jake, Mm -hmm. Eric Smith, he kind of reminds me of Eric Smith. Eric Smith was like an awesome special teams player. And then he'd play backup safety and like he'd make a few plays when he played. And then the one year, I think 2011, they made him a starter and it was did not go well. And I remember talking to Mike Patton and Mike Patton said, you know, Eric Smith's a guy who's awesome, awesome when he plays 300 snaps, terrible when he plays a thousand snaps. <laughs> so like and I wonder if Ashton is that sort of guy. Like it, 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 he might be exposed if he plays too much uh, on defense. So. Uh, yeah, I think safety is an interesting one that they'll have to they'll have to weigh everything. But again, you're you're not going to commit big money to all these positions. Like they can't. They they don't they won't have the money to do it. So they're going to have to try to shop for some bargains at some of these spots. And I think on defense is where you do it because you've got stars at cornerback right now. You've got some stars on the defensive line. So I think you know linebacker and safety can be a little softer. Yeah, I think the big investment is wide receiver. I think you need two. You, uh, you, whether it's dra- you draft one and you sign a big one, whether it's you, you trade for Devonte and you sign a, you know a slot guy, you got to get two more receivers and arguably another tight end because I don't think you're going to bring back CJ Uzama. You got Conklin, but do you trust Rucker to be the two? Do you get because you know Rogers loves his tight ends? Do you get a, someone similar to his guy Mercedes Lewis? Like you got to maybe bring in another maybe Mercedes Lewis, all the Jake. Maybe Mercedes no, Lewis. Is not there. again. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think you probably need a tight end to, uh, you know, Conklin had a really good year. Didn't score a touchdown, but he had, he put up really good numbers. 
Uh, I think Rucker shows promise, so I think you, you could probably go into camp hoping he's going to be number two. Uh, but you, you you should probably add something there. You know, how would you feel, Jake, if they? I, I've seen some mock drafts with Brock Bowers to the Jets from Georgia. How would you feel if they use a first round pick on a tight end? I don't think he's a big. It, it would be fun because then you got two great tight ends and you kind of salivate. Oh, down the middle of the field, the Jets are going to dominate. But to use the tenth pick on that, I don't think it's worth it. Listen, I would like that more than a pass rusher. If you're like, get Bowers or get a pass rusher, I'm taking Bowers. But I don't think it's enough of a position to need. And I love Conklin. And it's fascinating he didn't get a touchdown. I mean, that showed you how bad the quarterback play. Like, how did he not? How didn't well, neither that Rucker didn't get one either, right? No, I think CJ got one against Kansas City, I want to say. Uh, one yard touchdown, yeah. Yeah. Well, it shows how bad they were in the red zone, Jake. Yeah. Because right? uh, that's where do you th- tight, tight ends don't generally score 80 yard touchdowns, right? And, then, and the Jets lived on long touchdowns. They really didn't score in the red zone. So it just shows, you know, with the tight end production, the red zone was just a disaster all year. Well, that'll get better in 2024 with Aaron Rodgers as his schedule is set. And we could close with this. The uh, Let's see where you're going on the road. Let's see. You're, you're going to the usual Bills, Patriots, Dolphins. You're going to Jacksonville, get a nice little Florida trip. Going to Tennessee, maybe get a little stop at Tootsie's on a Saturday night, have a couple of beers. You're going to Arizona, you get Cardinals, you get some good weather there. Going to San Francisco, 49ers, fun trip. Not fun for the Jets having to face that defense. Uh, you could probably pretty much chalk that up as a loss already. Going to Pittsburgh, get a little Permanente brothers, but nothing exciting. And Minnesota, interesting. You go to the Mall of America, you went there right for the Super Bowl a couple years yeah. ago. So Minneapolis an is interesting the, schedule. Minneapolis is one of my favorite road restaurants. Which the, one is that? The Butcher and the Boar, Jake. Oh, that's some that's 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 right on my alley. I love well, that. Like meats. Like you gotta look put, look this place up, the butcher and the boar. They have when we went there for the Super Bowl, I had this long bone rib. It looked like a baseball bat that came out. It was unbelievable. And I ate the thing. I was up all night with the meat sweats. It, I was, and then the next, it was like twenty below zero there, right? I walked the next morning, like the two miles to the media center because I just, I had to just move to try to digest the freaking thing. It was so big, but it's an incredible restaurant. I'm looking at the picture right now, and I need that. Like, I might make the trip to Minnesota. Yeah, I've never been too. to Minnesota, so. Uh, I think yeah. my mom went there to the Mall of America for a scrapbook convention once, but yeah. I, I I need to go. Wow. I haven't really I haven't really digested the uh the schedule yet, Jake. I mean from a toughness standpoint, how does it nine of nine of seventeen against playoff teams, ten against teams over five hundred. Of course that could change with teams offseason, yeah. but it's a pretty I, tough schedule. I mean the 49ers, you know, are gonna be good. You know, the Rams, the Mike LaFleur revenge game will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Steelers are always tough. Broncos, you expect would maybe be better. The Seahawks just missed out on the playoffs. Texans, CJ Stroud, Colts with Anthony Richardson back. It's a lot of tough games. Eh, AFC South isn't that great. That's a pretty good division to face. You know, the Texans obviously are up and coming, but Jets beat them this year. So uh, it's. uh, I think that's probably that's not too bad of a schedule. Well, that's something we could talk to you down the road, but it's good to know, you know, where they're going, who's coming to MetLife. Um, not many great home games, like you said, the AFC South. Texans, again, Colts, kind of boring. Rams will be fun. Broncos, eh. Who knows who their quarterback's going to be with Russell gone. Um, and Seahawks. Seahawks, Geno's I, revenge. I was going to say Geno's the return of Geno. That might be a must-see uh, game there. I don't uh, think Jamal will be there. 
Yeah, no, Jamal will be a free agent. Uh, or is he a free agent? I don't know, but he'll be good. No, I think they're going to cut him, though. I think yeah. he's. I think his, his, his number is very high, so I think they're going to cut him. If they did not, I would say, please go in the locker room and get it on video because <laughs> bring him potato head little doll with you and, and hand it to him. That could be the media good guy gift uh, for Jamal Adams. Uh, that would be absolute must see TV. We'll close with this. What's your uh, what's your prediction? We got Dolphins, Tex, uh, Browns, Texans, Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills, Ravens of the bye. What's your Super Bowl pick here? Well, my Super Bowl from the preseason is still alive, Jake. So I, by rule, I don't change that until they're eliminated. So I picked the Chiefs over the 49ers in the preseason. So I'm going to stick with that right now, even though the Chiefs are wobbly. I don't feel really good about the Chiefs right now, but I, you know, I think it's weak if you you jump off of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with them right now. And I did Jake win the New York Post's pick box this year. Oh, oh yes. I don't get but, anything for that. I don't get a prize. I don't get a raise. I don't get anything. But I did over the whole season win the pick box. What's the pick box? Where we the, make the picks every week in the Friday. It goes post. in the paper. Uh, like there's like I don't know how many of us, twelve of us or something like that, pick the games every week, and I won for the season. I wonder if I was involved in that, if I would have beat you on that, but probably not with the way no. this NFL season. No, went. you would you... not have beat me. <laughs> on that. I'm gonna go chalk here and say 49ers over Ravens. I just the Chiefs have a lot of question marks. Same with the Bills. The Dolphins are free falling. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. Who did you pick in the preseason for the Super Bowl, Jay? I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, I, I said Jets Eagles. The Eagles are still alive, but they are really Eagles look like they want to be they don't even want to be in the playoff game. That Baker Mayfield might beat them on a bum bum leg. Um so yeah, I'm I was half wrong. Uh but again, you lose a quarterback four snaps in. Who knows? If Aaron plays, maybe the Jets go on a deep run. Well, it's been a fun season. We'll be back likely uh free agency in March. So stay tuned for that. Follow Kaz on Twitter at Brian Kaz. Read his off-season coverage. What do you What do you do now? Do you take a little bit of break until uh no break. Until Alabama? What no. do you do? There's no break. Uh, now I'll be right in the next few weeks. I, I'll probably do. I'm not doing a game this weekend. I think I'll probably do a game next weekend in the divisional round. And then yeah, then uh, Mobile, Alabama, a few weeks. Then Vegas for the Super Bowl. You know, and then maybe I get back to see if I can get a little time off after that. And then then the combine and free agency, like. It just rolls, Jake. It doesn't really end till the middle of June. It, it, there's a little pause. Never ends. Yeah, it's yeah. a semi break here, but then Mets are back in uh, seven weeks coming up. We saved the best for last. The longest episode of the year. This is it. Thanks everybody for uh, supporting all season. We love the tweets, even though some of you could be reckless, but we we love the support. And Kaz, uh, I'll I'll talk to you in March, and we'll close this episode next. I mean, what happened this season can't happen again. It's how I feel about it. It's got to be better. Alrighty, that's it, folks. That is the end of the season. Um, we thank you so much. As that says, adios to episode 177. And season five of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me produce the show all season long. Thanks in the past. We had Mason Bradicchio, the intern. Thanks to him for his work. What a season it was. You know, we expected so much more. I really thought we'd be previewing a playoff game this week. I didn't expect the season finale to be on you know, January 9th year. But listen, the injury happened, and, and you knew then and there that this was going to be a tough season. It'd be an uphill climb for the Jets to make it. They finished 7-10. and 10. It's another disappointment. And, you know, we hope if we are back next season, who knows, in the world of podcasts, if we'll be back. But if we do return, if I'm still here, if Kaz is still we know Kaz is still here. If I'm still here, the show's still here, we really hope that that next season is the year going to the playoffs. 
maybe going to the Super Bowl. Rodgers gives us some positivity. But guys are right, just make the playoffs. Like, even if you lose in the playoff game, like, just have a winning season. It's been too long since it's happened. We thank you so much for your tweets, for your listens, for your views on YouTube. Thanks for watching on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. If you're watching this final episode, this marathon episode, go down below, click that thumbs up below, comment below. What's your off-season wish list? What do you want the Jets to do? Do you want Devontae now? He liked the tweet. He clearly wants to be here. Do you want Devontae? Do you want Adams? What do you want to do with the 10th? pick let us know comment below you can tweet us at jake brown radio and at brian guys catch up on all episodes there apple spotify google wherever you get your podcasts we appreciate your support all season well that's it for us again we'll be back likely in march for free agency so stay tuned for the next episode for brian costello i'm jake brown thanks again for all your support jets fans we love you And hopefully next season goes a bit better. Thanks for listening. The gang's all here. Stay safe, everybody. And until March, we'll talk to you next time.